The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll, home of the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan calling you. Uh, I'm uh, somewhere on the uh, the I-10 in the... uh, higher desert of New Mexico. I'm at a gas station right now. I'm just driving. Just driving. Uh, I wanted to let you know, um, the cops came to my house yesterday morning, and uh, they said, hey, your uh, dogs are outside chasing people on bikes. I told them, my dogs don't even own bikes. Thank you. Ah, my dogs don't own bikes either. I like that one, Duff, coming through uh, in the middle of rehearsals for Guns N' Roses, giving us a great joke every week here only on Talk is Jericho. We love Duff. Keep them coming, man. We love the jokes. We love Guns N' Roses. We love the fact they're getting ready for their summer tour and a headlining appearance at the Download Festival. And Fozzie getting ready to uh, appear again. Judas Rising Tour starts up again in August in the States, but we got uh, a lot of stuff going on in July also in the States, and we're going all across Europe. We got uh, Rock USA and Oshkosh on July 12th. July 13th, the Kadot Rock Fest in Kadot, Wisconsin. 14th, Peoria. 15th, Belvedere. And then from the 26th of July, we do the Pheasant Festival in Hungary. Prague in the Czech Republic. Rock of Ages in Germany. Zurich at Work 21. Rock Planet at Pinella di Servia, Italy. Slovenia, Wacken, Berlin, Bochum, Aschaffenburg, Spain, Alcatraz, Bloodstock. Get all those uh, gig information, all the show information, all the ticket information, all the VIP information at FozzyRock.com. And don't forget, Friday night, tomorrow, or tonight, if you're listening to this Friday morning, we will be in Winnemucca, Nevada, at the uh, uh, Burning Cycle Festival. I believe it is just outside of Reno. Lots of great stuff coming up. And then, of course, the Judas Rising Tour with Adelita's Way, Stone Broken, and The Stir. That starts August 24th in Atlanta, Georgia. And then we're going all across the United States. Go to FozzyRock.com for all information. And speaking of information, all right, I got the man who claims... He invented Talk and Shop. That's right, Rocky Romero, the same guy who wrote and recorded that hilarious diss track that you probably heard on uh, Talk and Shop Sober in New York City. Uh, Rocky Romero makes his Talk as Jericho debut, and you better believe we're going to talk about the diss track and hear the story about the original Talk and Shop with Rocky Romero. Rocky's also been with New Japan Pro Wrestling for most of his career. He's got eight tag team championships, and now he's working in the office there as well. He's helping New Japan go global, starting with the expansion right here in the States. We're going to get into all of that. He 
also trained at the New Japan Dojo in Los Angeles with Finn Balor and Carl Anderson. That's where they met, and Carl actually lived at Rocky's house with Rocky and his mom. Another great story, so let's get to it. Rocky Romero coming up here on Talk is Jericho. Yo, you think it was bad with Macho Tis Hope? Well, you ain't seen nothing, brother. Carl Henderson, loose swallows. Why to jump the verbal shots if you're fired? Blah, blah. Okay, so um, here in, uh, in the Tokyo Dome Hotel and uh, with Rocky Romero, who's not only wrestling in New Japan, but you're kind of like in the office. You're, you're a guy that's, I don't know if it's the... Um, We're supposed to be, we shouldn't be telling this. Now everybody's going to be hitting me up on Twitter <laughs> asking me for a job. <laughs> I don't know if it's really office though, is it? Because I was the same way when I was in WAR. Right. Kind of almost the, the liaison for the gaijing, for the, the foreigners. Boys, yeah. You yeah. know, for the boys. Because as you know, sometimes there's a lot of things that get lost in translation and things get really screwed right. up really quickly. I'm getting gray hairs faster than I ever have this last <laughs> year when they started giving me uh, a bit of responsibility and kind of, it's it's mostly like scheduling help, you know, because we're working with Ring of Honor. We have guys that work, you know, Ring of Honor or in Europe uh, for RevPro in UK. So they have me just kind of making sure that everybody is cool schedule wise. Ring of Honor doesn't have certain problems with certain things. And uh, that's kind of where my responsibilities mm-hmm. are, uh, making sure that everybody's, got their passports ready and their visas and all that just checking in because uh my boss who's tiger hattori has been doing this for 30 40 years and uh so he's a little older so i try to just support him and uh because his plate is always full and he's always dealing with all kinds of other problems so i try to take uh some of the stress off him well we also it's funny too because we love tiger and known him for 20 odd years but it's like god bless him man he's been doing this for 40 years he lives in new york city he's he's the he's, his english is the shit what's wrong with you man you live in new york city you're like he's yeah. like funaki funaki yeah. is living in texas for 20 years and still claims he can't speak english I'm like, enough <laughs> of this bullshit already but it really is true yeah. like I, I felt bad because as we were putting together this deal for, for me to do this match with kenny at the tokyo dome um a lot of little details and like i'm texting you not as you but as the office kind of leaves like look rocky right, this right. is stupid this is bullshit what is going on <laughs> you're probably thinking oh my god it's jericho's texting me again <laughs> yeah but then you know i mean it's tough because i, I get your side of it you know and mm. and, and things are just things you know things every company works a little bit differently right but because of that such things are lost in translation all the time and you you know i'm going through like three or four different people you know three or four different levels just to get to the you know one message Mm -hmm. so things get lost i try you know i'm talking to one person i'm talking to tiger i'm talking to another guy in the office who helped out with this this deal and uh you know it's, it's just it's just madness and sometimes they don't they can't they're not conveying what they actually need from mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. and you're trying to tell me what you know it's yeah. like it's just a mess and it, like yeah how did you, how did you get this uh start getting this this trust in this position i think that it's it you know i've been here the first time i came here was in 2002 really yeah yeah oh my goodness so I, I didn't w- realize you'd been coming here that long yeah so i was i mean i was uh it was on my 20th birthday i was 19 i turned 20 here it was uh my first trip ever was with uh, american dragon dan o'brien uh ricky reyes tj perkins and uh another guy named jack bull jack the bull or jack bull whatever his name was mm-hmm. and uh was, and your, was your name always rocky romero always rocky romero yeah and uh so the, the first time i came here you know i was a kid you know I, I trained in the la dojo for about 10 months with samoa joe and the rest of these guys and uh the booker came who was Uai at that time 
he came down and uh you know we just been training our asses off just getting our asses handed to us mm -hmm. every single day because we weren't even really doing like pro wrestling training we were doing like shoot training and just doing jujitsu and getting punched in the face and like <laughs> Inoki would come in and stretch the fuck out of us you know and put us all kinds of wacky holds that yeah. hurt really bad <laughs> and uh and then so you know finally uh we got this opportunity to come over here and it was for like 30 days so this was like really the first time i'm, I'm really leaving home you know especially for this uh this amount of time it's funny that's old i was my first japanese tour really 20 yeah. really yeah. It, and it's wild right i mean it's a whole nother world you, know, you don't know anything to... i remember and i want you to continue your story mm -hmm. but i remember like the first time you go to uh like a drinking bar, they call them. They're the hostesses, right? And it's a bunch of pretty girls, Filipino girls, Japanese right. girls. I didn't know that they were paid to be there. I didn't know their job was to flirt with you. And I was like, I, like I'm, I'm walking out. I, I gotta have. I'm gonna like eight chicks. It's gonna be like a giant orgy. And then not only did they all disappear at the end of the night, but they stuck me with the bill for about eight, you know, eighty thousand yen really? or whatever it was. Oh, <laughs> well, thank but God. You don't know, did. right? Right. No, but you know what? It's so funny because. Uh, Nobody told us how much we were getting paid or what we were getting. Really? We knew nothing, right? We were just like, you know, we had just been training for 10 months. We, and, and we were like, dude, we're finally in Japan. We're here in New Japan. We've made it. This is it, you know? So uh, right when we got off the, uh, the plane, they handed us an envelope for like three grand, you know, because we were here for 30 days. And uh, we're like, oh, dude, this is our money. Okay, cool. Just, you know, so all of us are being like for the first three weeks are not spending anything, right? And then, uh, like the last before the last week, somebody told us, "So, uh, yeah, how do you guys want to get paid?" And we're like, "Wait, what?" They're like, "Oh, should we, you know, should we send it to you? Do you, you know, do you want it cash?" And we're like, well, "You guys already paid us." And they're like, "No, no, no, that money, that you know, that's per diem." <laughs> and we're like, "What? What per diem? Per diem?" And they're like, "Yeah." I was like, "But there, you know, this is a hundred dollars a day for per diem." They're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, oh, geez. So then I went and bought a Japanese DVD player. And I went down to all the like wrestling stores and bought all these like sweet Japanese DVDs that I wanted to buy. But there was like $200 for like a Tiger Mask, you know, like set and all this stuff. That's you know, pretty high class. You guys got per diem. It, it, was, it yeah. was awesome. It was awesome. So, yeah, it was just like, you know, you just don't know, you know. Mm, and, you know sure. we're, and we were staying, you know, here at the Tokyo Dome. Super nice, you know. Mm. And uh, it, it was it was cool, man. And and. It, what an experience. Were you, know? you working like as a junior heavyweight with other Japanese guys too? Yes, yes. So uh, so our first match was actually for, so Fujinami was the president at that time. And he had this like side group called Muga, which was like supposed called to be Muga. Muga. And it was supposed to be like 70s, eight, you know, style wrestling, mm. real slow, hold the hold type What's thing. technical moves. Real technical, yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody told us that, though. So we just thought it was a New Japan show, but they're like, oh, it's, you know, whatever. So we just didn't, you know, we went out and did our thing, which was, I guess, you know, kind of against what they were, they wanted, probably. <laughs> we did a bunch of high spots and shit. But, um, but our actual first New Japan match was in the Tokyo Dome. Mm. We, opened it, we opened it up against uh, Kakihara, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Tiger Mask. Who was with you? Uh, Danny Bryan, okay. uh, Ricky Reyes, and then TJ was our second. Because like, gotcha. he was only like 16 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Or 17 or something. So mm -hmm. um, so they, didn't, they, he, they thought that he was a bit, maybe a little too, bit too young to actually wrestle, you know, in the dome or whatever. So they, uh, they just had him come out with us. And, so your first time is 2002, and here right. we are in 2017. Right. So were you have you been a regular at all that time? Because I, I and I'm sure you've wrestled a lot of places, but from what I know, Rocky Romero to me is a New Japan pretty much exclusive guy. Right. Yeah. No, I've been here probably for most of my career. You know, I was kind of in and out in the beginning. 
and then finally uh, they gave me the black tiger gimmick and i became oh yeah no kidding. i didn't know that yeah so so, so like black tiger two four four so yeah so okay, mark rocco mark rocco eddie's two uh silver kings three was it really and then yeah i, I was fourth after i didn't after know him. that yeah so they have tiger mask four so his big idea and uh i think lager was the booker at the time was to create a new black tiger and tiger mask had had really liked me over the late years you know and uh so he said justin well why not rocky you know and they they gave me like the character that since well tiger mask was trained by sayama so they said okay well can you pretend that you're you're english and that rocco trained you and i was like i'll do anything <laughs> this is a huge opportunity Sounds good, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly so i had this like terrible english accent oh that was gosh, i was doing great. for like the first like i don't know three or four months and then i was just like oh, man, that's I, funny so the four black tigers you had an englishman and three mexicans right yeah. <laughs> basically yeah basically or puerto rican puerto rican, puerto rican right, two mexicans, right. yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so the, but then after that I, I had a little trouble with the uh the la office so then I, I moved over to Noah for a bit. So I, I you know, Noah was doing really good business at the time. They're a complete rival to New Japan. So uh, I thought I would say, you know, F you to New Japan by mm. going to the rival, you know. And then I was there for like two years and they treated me pretty good. But I tried to come back to New Japan because they finally changed presidents, which was part of the problem. And then, uh, but Noah tried to stop them and then say that they were going to take other talent if I jumped. And I was like, look, because of little old me, you know, so... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so then I, you, the only way to get back to New Japan, which I really wanted to go back to because I was home, I took a job in CMLL, and I wrestled with Paco Alonso down there, starved for like a year, and then <laughs> and then because I wasn't making any money, I jumped to AAA, which got me more heat, and I couldn't come back to New Japan. It was just such a mess. My career was like such a mess for like four years, you know, but it was a, it was a great learning experience. I, you know, I think that you've got to go through some shit to really like mm -hmm. understand this business and... and, and and just to grow up a bit, you know, in a way. So I finally found my way back to New Japan in 2011, and I've been here ever since. So how did you start getting kind of these uh, behind-the-scenes responsibilities? I think just because, I, you know, I, I guess I am the, 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 you know, the gaijin who's been here the longest, and I think that has a lot to do with it. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with Gato, spent a lot of time with Tiger, because we travel together, we're in the same uh, group. So I think that, you know, they just trust me. They know that I know the system. I've been through the system. I was in it in LA. I was in it here in Japan. And, you know, I have relationships with everybody. And then, and not only that, like I've, I've, I've got, you know, because I traveled for all those years, like when I was in Mexico and then I was working for Ring of Honor and this and that So I, I've got relationships with all those people. So, you know, I was, I was influential in helping uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor link up. So, you know, that was cool. So I was able to bring them together, work together. And that's been awesome for us because, you know, we've, we've got the Young Bucks now. We've got Cody. We've got access to all this great talent. And uh, so I think after that, then the things started to really kind of like move in that direction. And they, were, they started giving me a bit more uh, responsibility. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What do you think 
over the last year how New Japan has just grown, not only here in Japan, but also kind of on a worldwide basis. It's wild, dude. Let me tell you, I, even a year ago, even with the momentum that we've had, uh, I would have never thought that Chris Jericho would be here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that to be real, you know, like, and I don't think anybody else did, you know, but I think it just goes to show that this really is the coolest place on earth right, right now right, at right, this right. moment. It really is. And, uh, and everybody's seen it and it's so like electric and everybody wants to just jump on the train, you know? I mean, it's cool. I mean, you know how it is. Like Japanese stuff is, is like there's a certain mystique about it. It seems cool. And this is like, you, you know, you kind of label it as Japanese wrestling. And now that we have the internet and, uh, you know, and, and we have uh, at, you know, our access deal and stuff, people are able to see at New Japan, they get mm -hmm. to see like these huge personalities like Kenny Omega and Okada, Tanahashi, or, you know, uh, the Young Bucks, you know, on this stage. And they see like, you know, us in front of 10,000 people, like Ring of Honor doesn't do 10,000 people, right. you know? So like they see these huge arenas and people going nuts. And then the Bullet Club came. And then the Bullet Club was like the ambassador of Japanese wrestling. Basically, mm -hmm. they reached out to you know the, all these wrestling fans, and they everybody started seeing these, these Bullet Club T-shirts. I'm like, what is that? Oh, it's like, oh, it's kind of like NWO. It's kind of like a DX kind of thing. But it's like these new guys. They wrestle in Japan. It's like, well, I gotta check that out. You know. Well, then that's the thing when you have that kind of that that hot company. And I, I've been kind of saying is that I'm a big horror movie fan. And there's a whole genre of horror movies called J-horror, which is Japan films, like The Ring. The Ring, yeah. But when you see them, you don't think Japanese, obviously they're Japanese style, but you can they're, they're worldwide. Right. And I think New Japan is like, the two. it's not just exclusively for Japan. It's a worldwide style of wrestling, style of movies, J-horror, New Japan wrestling, that can translate to the entire world because it's not a Japanese thing. It's just a brand. Right. You right. know, but they've been working on this idea. You know, they've been working on this for a long time. Back in the eighties, you know, Japanese wrestling was 50 and 50. It was 50% foreigners, 50% uh, Japanese, mm -hmm. you know, and that during that heyday through their best times, that's when you had Hulk Hogan and Stan Hansen. You had these right. mega stars, you know, who, but because they were pushed and they were, uh, they were there for these big tours. They were champions, you know, they were wrestling against the Babas and the Inokis and this and that, you know, but almost exclusively you talk about like Brody or Stan right. Hansen or Abdul the Butcher. They rarely worked in the States. They right. were just complete Japanese guys. Right. Making 30, 40, 50 grand a yeah. week. <laughs> a week. Yeah. Know? It's wild. Yeah. Stan Hansen getting drunk and yeah. hilarating like dudes off their bikes. You yeah. Know? And people like, going nuts for that. Going nuts. Just There's still it. an element of that here right. where you can right. kind of not, you know, obviously you can't abuse people, but you can yell at them and scream right. at them. They will run away. Right. You but know? I think that's what, what, what makes it cool too is, is that it's really rooted in realism. You know, there's a reality to it, you know? Uh, that's still there because the fans still react like it's real. Mm -hmm. You know, they 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 haven't like obviously there's been people who said, you know, pro wrestling is this, pro wrestling is that, and exposed it in certain ways. But New Japan has never said this is sports entertainment or this is whatever it is. I mean, this is wrestling. This is what we do, mm -hmm. and we don't flaunt it in their faces. You know, like we get in trouble if God forbid, you know, like we're we're hanging out with you know somebody from the Bullet Club and somebody snaps a picture and puts it on Instagram, we get busted, you know. Yeah. So it's a big deal, and we all try to like protect that as much as we can. And I I know that they do it in other places as well to a certain degree, but it still just hasn't been like here, yeah. you know, flaunted in front yeah, of your yeah, face, yeah. you know. So uh, you know, I think that that is a big part of this whole kind of 
movement too you know like because the way the fans react because of the culture of the, the Japanese culture of the people, ja- you know? right, right. I'm not going to say that it's a little bit more of a naive thing because that's not the right word but or if it's innocent or whatever but I still think that in Japan there is a little bit of an element of the kayfabe to right. it definitely and even those guys they work for New Japan or whatever but there's a little bit of doubt in their mind that's right. still they're still going that didn't look like anything mm-hmm. else that I've seen these guys do before. I yeah. wonder these guys might not like each other yeah, for real, yeah. you know. Whenever you have a great angle, it's always that way. It's like, listen, like wrestling might be a show, but those guys are serious. Something's right. going on between those guys, right? You know? That's you the that. best. That's the best, best feeling. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Let's talk a little about the Bullet Club that you saw. Kind mm-hmm. of you mentioned uh, how they became this huge thing because I don't think there's any original Bullet Club members even left. Is there? Yeah, the, well, Tama, Tama Tonga, okay. and Fale, those are the, the... That's it? Yeah, that's it. They're like the OGs. They're the OGs. They were the, the core four, they call themselves, which which is like... Well, Ferg was the first, right? And then it was Ferg, Fale, Anderson, Gallows... Finn Balor. And Tama. Yeah, yeah Finn Balor. Yeah. So the first ones was... was Finn it? Balor, yeah. then Fale, then Anderson, then Tama. Tama gotcha. Tonga. Right. And then Gallows in there as well. Right, and then Gallows came right after. And then that, as yeah. each guy leaves, each the J, uh, Finn leaves, AJ comes in, he's the head right. of the Bullet Club. Exactly. AJ leaves, Candy comes in, he's the head of the Bullet Club. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. Was that uh, a kind of a shock for you? I mean, obviously you're a New Japan Company guy now. Uh, a few years ago when Shinsuke, Gallows and Anderson and AJ all leave at the same time. You know what? Uh, it, w- it was interesting because kind of all of us, like myself included, we're, we're thinking about leaving mm. as well. So uh, I, my conversation was a bit different because I, I got approached by WWE to possibly be a trainer at NXT, and uh, but they're they're you know they were they were hinting they were very interested in in having me join you know uh, NXT or whatever. And then at the, around the same time, then you know Shinsuke started yeah, I guess told the office, and then you know finally you know uh, Chat or Anderson and Gallows dropped that that bomb and mm-hmm. and aj as well so it was kind of all around at the same time but you know i ended up obviously staying and then those guys leaving you i mean it was kind of surreal when we kind of found out at the tokyo dome i just remember like the aura backstage being really weird you know and usually that's you know it's the biggest show of the year everybody's stoked and happy and energetic and th- there was a little bit of that but it was kind of like a somber kind of feeling backstage because you, we knew that this all this this whole ride was kind of ending in a way mm. you know at least this chapter but we and we didn't know what the future would be everybody was saying oh well this is going to hurt us this is really going to hurt us this is really going to hurt us and i think the only two people that you know that didn't think it was going to like that they were going to pull through was like gato and Tori because you know i think gato knew at that second like who's going to be the next guy and that was like kenny mm. you know i think he already knew that so you know and then uh, the rest of the guys were going to get pushed a bit you know a bit what naito and everything so those are the only guys. Everybody else was freaking out, <laughs> but I think those are the guys who only kept it cool. And they're like, "No, we're gonna be okay. We built this thing. We built this thing, and and it's stable. Mm-hmm. We're not. We we're gonna be shook, but we're not going down. You know. So uh, it was just weird. And and then besides that, on a personal level, like those are my best friends. You yeah. know, like Anderson. I've known him for like I don't know. 12 years or something mm-hmm. he lived at my house for a year with my mom oh wow you know when he was dead broke training at the dojo yeah. we had gotten kicked out and <laughs> you know and like and, and Did, then, was he the same way he kind of came from cincinnati or wherever that yeah, was from yeah yeah just to train exclusively to, to train know, like, exclusively with no guarantees at the dojo he came there for uh i think about a year year and a half devitt as well or uh, finn balor as well mm-hmm. and uh and then you know devitt went over got sent over to japan but 
Anderson was there, you know, training his ass off, being miserable and not really having it, you know, not having a dime, really just living off of, you know, any money here and there. And uh, we were talking about this the other day that he went and uh, I, I, went, I moved to CML or I went to Mexico, I moved, you know, and I went to CML and I said, sorry, dude, I have to go. This is my only way. I'm going to get back to New Japan. I have to go to Mexico. So then uh, he was like, dude, well, what am I going to do? I said, dude, stay at my house, you know, <laughs> get your ass to Japan, you know, like, yeah. like call, call Nakamura who they were, you know, we're all really tight. I said, call Nakamura, see if he can get, you know, get you in there. So then, uh, finally about after I left about three months later, he got the call from, from Shinsuke say, dude, they're going to give you a contract. They're going to bring you over. And then, uh, it was funny. He, he cried. He went downstairs and told my mom, cause it's like, you know, they both cried. Oh, they yeah. both cried. And, and, and he <laughs> called me. He's like, dude, you're not going to believe it, man. But they offered me a three month deal. And then, you know, and if I do well, they'll offer me a six month and then a year. And then he, you know, he didn't leave for like eight years or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just crazy, man. Like you meet these, these guys that, uh, at first they hated me like Ferg or Finn Balor hated me. And Anderson hated me because I was like Black Tiger at the dojo. I was like the cool one. I was getting booked. They hated my guts, you know. And then I, f I finally came back from Japan for like uh, like an extended time, like two months or something. And then uh, I took them out to eat and we got drunk. And, you know, we, like we talked a little bit and, and then we became best friends, you know, inseparable for like, you know. Well, when you're, that's one thing like when you're on tour over here in Japan for two weeks, three weeks, a month, whatever it may be. And you're all strangers in a strange land. You become very close with those guys that you're on the bus with every every day. Oh, yeah. You know, no one understands what you guys are going through, what you guys experience. The just, new, right? just you, you know, that little circle is the only people who really yeah. truly understand. They become your family, right? You know, and uh, it, it's crazy that you're with these guys one day and then the next day they're yeah, gone. and that's that you know? quick. And then you don't see them again. You know, like I see that I see those guys like uh, like three times a year, or two times a year for like. A couple hours, if they come to LA or <laughs> you know, yeah. if they come to LA or, you know, last year it sucked because we were over in yeah. Long Beach. We were here. It, yeah. All you guys were here. And it was like, oh man, they're like, oh, and we're all excited for like, you know, we plan it for like four months. Yeah. We're going to go out. We're going to get this kind of food. We're going to yakiniku. <laughs> we're going to get a couple drinks somewhere, you know, whatever it is. And it's like. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Sorry, man. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I gotta go do this show in Long Beach. Sorry. That started. Uh, that was like my last, my last little hurrah with WWE because my contract had already ended. But I loved Japan so much, so I was coming. And we have this group text: it was me, Gallows, Anderson, and the Joes that are Samoan, meaning Roman Reigns and Samoa <laughs> the Joe. Joes that are Samoan. And uh, I don't know what. The, well, actually, I do know. We were like Guns and Roses in 1987. The five of us here, we went insane. Right. Uh, money was spent. The, <laughs> bathtubs were shit in and there's a lot of stuff um but it's like sounds that, like my kind of party <laughs> but it was like the last hurrah and like, right. i miss those guys we text all the time right. it's like oh it's four there and one here now you know dude i gotta be honest man like uh when you guys did talk and shop I was, yeah I was, it stung a little bit oh you well, know it, it did now let's talk about yeah. this so, so talk and shop which is uh and it's not official it's talk and shop presented by talk and right. jericho right and that's all stemmed from when I had Gallows and Anderson on my show. Uh, when they first came into WWE, I barely knew Gallows when he used to be with Punk. Right. Never met Chato. So who are these kind of guys, you know? And then just talking to him, I was like, holy shit, this is these guys are like a comedy team. <laughs> and then they're saying, yeah, they did this thing called Talk and Shop. I'm like, right. we should do it on my show if you want to. Yeah. And this has started a tradition, which is just, it gets more drunker and drunker and drunker every time. But I know that you were the original uh, purveyor of Talk and Shop along with those guys. So I'd, like, I'd like to, if you don't mind, I'd like, Chris, I'd, I'd like to tell you where you went wrong. Oh. You never go over 30 minutes. That's the thing. 
Because Gallows and Anderson, they can't hold their liquor, man. So, well, let me let me before you get into it, let me tell you where I also went wrong. Okay, okay. A lot of times we start drinking before we start recording. Oh. So by the time we yeah. press play, we're already at sixty percent. So oh, after yeah, thirty yeah. minutes, we're at a hundred. You got to you got to pace yourself. But <laughs> the last talking shop we did in uh, Nuremberg, Germany, where uh-huh. Anthrax showed up, the band like just I don't know. That's wild. It, it was the worst. Most <laughs> that's where where, where uh, Gallows as Reptile. Almost got booked yeah. by Carlos Colon in Puerto Rico. He had him on the <laughs> yeah. phone. No way. Go Primo was the guest, right? So he calls up his dad. He's like, "Hey, pops, I got this guy." He's like, "I'm a reptile." <laughs> so, um, so, so, yeah. So you don't go longer than thirty minutes. So tell ne- us the yeah, story. you never, you never go longer than thirty minutes. Yeah, and that was just like me and Chato Anderson, you know, right. having a couple drinks with you know, and then going, man, you know, Chato, of course, saying, you know, you know, I'm a funny mother. Man, you know, and and you're a good sidekick, dude. Why don't we should start a podcast? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we should start a podcast. Yeah, everybody will want to know what it's like to be in New Japan at this time because this one, like, every they were just getting right. getting a little hot. The Bullet Club was getting a little steam, you know. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. You know, we can. And he's like, dude, we'll just get drunk and we'll just, you know, we'll just talk about our day, what's going on, on the tour, you know, this and that, you know, you know. No format. I was like, yeah, no format, no format. I said, but the only thing is like, we should do it 30 minutes. Yeah, 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 that's good, you know? So then I was like, he's like, so the first first one we'll get like, I don't know, we'll like interview Gallows. So Gallows wasn't even supposed to be on the podcast. (laughs) We're just going to interview him. But when we brought him, you put a mic in front of Gallows. And the guy you know turns into something else you know and and he's like all over the place and he's cutting us off not letting any, anybody talk yes! we started a story we never finished the story because gals went into four more stories and by the end you know 30 minutes is done like in no time and we're like let's do one more <laughs> so uh so basically you know after we did those first two you know uh gals left i i think the room you know we were drinking talking about it and gals left and then uh jag leans over he goes all right that mother in <laughs> so uh so that was it that was how, how the the three of us kind of started talking shop and then i was the, i was the legit producer like i'd put it all together and edit it and you know and uh then we started to you know create the music and then we started to create all the characters on there did you have any characters on i was i was the producer oh okay. so i was i was the dickhead keeping everybody in charge <laughs> and in line 30 minutes we'd get to like 30 you know 30 minutes and 10 seconds and i'd be flipping out like guys we're gonna shut this mother down you know <laughs> the shadow's kind of taking that over now as ipso facto straight man right right Meaning he tries not to get as drunk right as right the rest. right and that, that that was yeah exactly i was the straight man and mm-hmm. then they were the two wild men and then chad was kind of somewhere in between you know like he was the kind of the the leader i guess you know so was the leonardo that was it always just you three guys then we started bringing in the boys you know we started bringing in uh the young bucks and then Un- uncle alan and tama would show uncle up from, <laughs> would show up here oh, and there Al. yeah and then we just anybody who would come in we would try to get them to come and hang out and we just try to get them drunk you know right. and, and then just see what happens but it, because there was no format it was like it was just the boys hanging out you know it really felt like it was just the boys hanging out you just happen to, to be, that's what it be is recording right? you know that's why it works right even as drunk as it gets right it's literally then you know podcasting in general is just to fly on the wall but throw some alcohol in there and it's like this really is flying dude the wall. i have 20 like episodes that will never be released to the <laughs> world. <laughs> i think out of the four we did two of them should not have been released right <laughs> but you know uh, but the people wanted it right they, they loved it so much oh, the one man, we did from hard. china with stroman 
uh, as this, as the rotating fourth. Yeah, did a million downloads. I just met that guy, man. Oh he's yeah, interesting. He's a trip. Yeah. <laughs> he's a trip. He's a trip. He was great on, yeah. on Tish's because the thing was with Tish's, and it happened with every single guy that showed up. No one knows what the hell's going on. Right. When you first like, it's really intimidating because like I remember Primo was like. I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. what am I doing here? You know, it's been 10 minutes and like, no one's asked me a question. And yeah. I tried to say you something. Gotta, Gallus cut me off right away. You got to fight for your spot you really in that, do. man. You it's really pretty do. good. Yeah. You really do. Dude. Yeah. I, I missed those days. So yeah, I like, I was a little like, oh man. Did dude. you feel bad? I did. Did I was they like, warn you at all? No, they told me they're like, dude, we're going to do talking shop on, uh, on Jericho, on talk is Jericho. And I was yeah. like, Oh, I want to be there. <laughs> I mean, I just I wanted to be a part of it, you know. Yeah, you know? of course. I I may have wrote a diss track one time about you guys just dissing all you. <laughs> did Did you really? And it's uh yeah, it's on Six Trees Vice Two, my mixtape that's uh, you, available on iTunes. Do you have it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it an original song? Yes, yeah, original I'll, song. Please send it to me. I'll okay. Put it, I'll, I'll drop it in. I'll here. drop it. Oh, you're perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's a. Di it started out as a diss track, but it ends uh, like me just begging you to let me on the podcast again. You know, this is what we should. Do. And I'm here, motherfuckers. Yeah, I made you it. Made, you made it. You made it. <laughs> Yo, you think it was bad when Macho tis hope? Well, you ain't seen nothing, brother. Carl Harris and Luke Swallows. Why to jump the verbal shot to your fire? Blah blah. First things first, I wanna let you know I'm not the jealous type, contrary to whatever said by Carl. Yeah, it's just I got a gripe. You got four mics, podcast one. You ain't doing it right. Uh -uh. On first hand, you going over 30 minutes. My man, if you go over, who the hell's gonna wanna hear it? On second hand, you got three main hosts. I guess Mike open. Well, what about me, bro? Let's address the elephant in the room. You got a new producer, and it ain't this who. Now the boys think they all cool, cause they got Jericho, that talking buffoon. Alright. I didn't mean that, Mr. Jericho. Sometimes I get a little too emotional. But I got a couple things I wanna say to the new producer Y2J. So what? Your podcast is better than mine. So what? You got wittier rhymes. So what? You go more than half an hour. So what? You got your own channel and all the power. So what? You got a list. You can put me down twice because I don't give up. So what? So what? So what? So what? So what? So what? We used to be the hoots, we used to be the group, podcast in 30 minutes and drink a few. Now you kick it with Y2J, that's Y2 lame, what the hell's that, Ola Boo? We used to be the hoots, we used to be the group, podcast in 30 minutes and drink a few. Now you kick it with Y2J, that's Y2 lame, what the hell's that, Ola Boo? I didn't mean to assault you again, when I say that it's Y2 lame. I mean it the way the Spaniards say it when they talking about a beautiful man. Yeah, that's right, lame. Okay, I'm like, it's not even a word. I'm sorry. You gotta, you gotta understand. Without the piss kids, I got no crew and no I fame. I know the boys are not to blame. I was an a-hole trying to control the game. So maybe we could talk it out about talk is Jericho and talk is Shout. I'm a change man. I'll let you go for five hours. Just please, just give me a chance. Damn. But what I want to do is, like, I keep telling those dumb idiots to send me their schedule because I want to fly there just to hang out and do a tiz, you know, tishes. Because we, cool. we were in Japan together, but I got super mad at them because all they were doing was hanging out with their stupid sponsors. Right. I'm like, we got to do a talk and shop. Like, well, Especially, I don't have time. Yeah. I mean, in Japan. Yeah. But in the Tokyo Dome. I don't know if you know this, but, but Anderson is, like, super responsible and respectful. Right. And I was, like, slapping their sponsors and, like, <laughs> You know, kicking them in the ass and let's do a talking shop. Like, oh, well, we gotta go out with this family. Like, 
fuck your family. <laughs> but they always take, I don't give a shit. So I'm trying to find a place where they go next time. Maybe if they're in LA, if you're cool. in town, we should, I'll fly there too. And we, we need to do an awesome. original Let's do tishes and you can just bury them for stealing your idea. Exactly. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Without me. I mean, where are they are now? Like, yeah, where, where are they, are now, they right? now? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know? So how is it for you now? Like you mentioned when those guys leave, mm -hmm. who, who, uh, who do you hang out with now when you're, when you're on the road? Uh, so yeah, Tremperetta. He's the, fa the famous Tremperetta. Yeah. Adam uh, Edge calls him a real life Simpsons character. <laughs> yeah. Brent Brent yeah. Toretta. Really <laughs> real interesting dude. Everybody knows how uh, how interesting weird he is, but a great great person. And uh, you know, he's like he's just like the rest of us, you know. We he just you know, when we're on the road, we like to laugh mm -hmm. and you know, he, he supplies a lot of that laughter. It's hard you know, it was hard to you know, couldn't replace Shadow and, and Gallus. You just can't. But uh, there was a lot of guys who, who definitely stepped up, and, and Juice Robbins is another guy who's who's awesome. Just one of the boys. That's cool. Yeah, really good dude. Really, he really wants to uh, to hang out with you if there's some time during. Yeah, I've never, I never. I, I might have met him in passing when he was in NXT, yeah. but I don't really know him. Just good dude. Yeah, exactly like uh, like those dudes, you know. See, but that's what happens over here. Like. Um... Even for a guy like yourself, not just as a wrestler, but kind of having this second life as a, you know, a behind the scenes guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and for him, you know, I think he was CJ Parker in NXT right. leaves or, you know, whatever it is, and then shows up here. And now he's, you know, main eventing shows with Kenny and all that right. sort of thing. And when this company is as hot as it is, it's a viable second option mm -hmm. to being in WWE. Absolutely. I mean, what's cool here is you can come here like, like, like he did, like Juice did with not really much on the resume you know like he was in nxt or whatever but gotcha. they didn't really push him yeah. the way that that you know everybody wants to be pushed like he was like when finn balor was their main eventing and the headliner right 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 but he comes here and within i have to say a year and a half you know they already know what they want where they're going to push him and how they're going to do it and they bring him in as a you know as a young boy to, you know he's here's a guy who's already been wrestling you know eight years or something nine years and uh, was already in the system at WWE, but he comes here and he has to start over, you know. Mm -hmm. And and that was partly he wanted that, and then part and then when the office got wind of it, they were like, "Oh, that's great," you know, mm -hmm. because nothing. More, the Japanese fans they love an underdog. They love to get behind the guy who scratches and crawls his way to the top. Mm -hmm. They love that, you know. And it's a great story. Everybody loves that, really. You know, that's. And you look back at every, you know, TV, TV show, movie, you know, of course, yeah, right. We love that. So, um, so yeah, so he, here he goes and, and like, finally he gets an up, you know, the opportunity and it's like little by little, you know, you, you got a, each stepping stone, you know, there was a Goto before that there was, you know, uh, Suzuki, there was this. And then finally he, you know, he, there's an Okada and then there's a Kenny and then he's like, here he's main eventing mm -hmm. shows, you know? And, uh, but he, he had all the goods and sometimes in other offices, they don't see that this guy has the goods. Right. He's got the size. He's got everything. He's got the look. And you know, he comes over here. It becomes like a you know little idol. You know, for the, all the chicks, all the chicks dig him. You know, they think he's a handsome dude. And you know, and he comes and he and he, they exploit that. You know, and they, sure, they make it something. Make a star. You know? They make a star. And and that's the thing that what's cool about this company is like they're really good at making stars. Mm -hmm. They're really really good at making stars and making stars quickly. You know, so I think even talking about even like uh, with Jay White working with Tanahashi, exactly. yeah, at the Tokyo Dome. It's like, is is Jay White ready? Well, he better be because we'll he's got out, this right? big opportunity. Right. Yeah, you know. But you never know that you know. Naito's a good example of that. You know, I don't know how familiar you are with Naito, but like he got pushed finally for all these big opportunities, and he wasn't ready. You know, mm -hmm. but 
two years later, that all going through all that made him who made he is ready, today right, exactly. and made him ready. You know, sometimes we got to go through it, you know, like when, I said. When you, um, you know, I know that you're here at the Tokyo Dome. I think you're staying until next week because there's a couple shows. Right. Do you spend a lot of time in, in Japan, like in between tours, not working? Yeah, not anymore. You know, back in the day I did. Uh, but, you, you know, I now I try to get home as much as mm-hmm. I can. You know, I've got, I've got a girlfriend and, mm-hmm. a, and a dog that I like to spend mm-hmm. time with in L.A. So, you know, I'm trying to, to get back home. And there's other things that I'm interested besides uh wrestling and it's kind of cool talking to you because uh you not only you know i respect you for all the things you've done in wrestling and you know the 12 year old me is going a little crazy (laughs) inside you know but uh but like all the stuff that you do outside of wrestling and that i just like i admire the fact that you go you know you do you do your your wrestling stuff and then you go and you you take time off and then you go pursue all these things that you're interested in and that's kind of that's the kind of person that I am you know right sure so, and and I, so like I'm I'm into acting I'm into other things I'm into create you know writing music I do, you, you know, mentioned that, music yeah. and stuff so, like so that so it's hip hop stuff that you do yeah hip hop stuff you know I what like I never like consider myself a rapper but I, I like uh you know I make beats you know, I write songs. It started in Mexico, being miserable in AAA, <laughs> <laughs> and then writing songs with me and Jindrak rapping over. I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Jindrak. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, from from ten years ago. Right, yeah, right. that's another guy who's really coming awesome. to his own over there. Yeah, He's yeah, a hero, right. Just another good dude, and uh, yeah, who's, you know, the opportunity wasn't there for him in North America or in WWE should say. So then he moved on, you know, to Mexico and now he's a huge soap star there and doing all kinds of stuff. So, you know, and writing projects, like I think it's cool that you do, you know, you do, you have this web series that you're doing, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. I like, that's all the kind of things that I'm into. So like, it, it's cool to see that, you know, it, it's like, okay, look, this is possible. You know, sure, right, right, you don't right. have to just be thinking about wrestling and just doing wrestling because this gives you more to play with when you come back to the ring, you know, absolutely. And it's, and it's, things that that other people aren't doing or taking advantage of you know because it, they're just about the wrestling and i love wrestling it's the thing that i'm passionate about the most but i need a break from it you know i've been doing it a long time mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes it it i need the challenge yeah i should say creatively i need to be stimulated in a different way what uh, what was the diss track called uh what was it called i i think it's a, it's like I don't know what it is called. I, I forgot. What <laughs> you write songs, man. And put them down, down. I think it's like I'll diss you, diss your shiz or something like that. I think <laughs> diss your shiz, diss your piss. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's something like that. What do you do uh, when you're here in Japan in between tours? Like, for example, I think you're here for like a week, maybe. Right, and I got a couple days off. Uh, you know, sometimes I go to the office and I'm doing, you know, office work or, uh, you know. It's always there's always something to be handled. There's emails and catching up. And but you mentioned today that you went into to the that special shop. Yeah, you... there's a shop called Hao Ming in Shibuya. They make um, like wrestling inspired uh, kind of like urban wear and stuff. Really cool t-shirts and shit. And uh, I'm, I, I'd like a, I have a, a website rockymirrormerch.com <laughs> and uh, <laughs> where I sell my my goods and stuff. So I, uh, I I just made a deal with them to sell some some stuff over here. So, that's cool. Yeah. So like you know that's a, that's another thing. You know that's like yeah. a little family business. Me and my girlfriend run out of you know out of our home, mm. and the dog you know watches us. You know, and helps. <laughs> but uh, and uh, so yeah, I'm working on that kind of stuff. And um, then you know it's the usual sponsors and stuff like that. Uh, I'll I'll write songs up in my room. You know, I take I take my keyboard with me, my my controller and and uh, a mic. And I'll record, you know, I'll write. You don't write need songs. a lot nowadays to no, be able to do that. Right? It's so cool. It's so cool. It's so easy to, you know, when I did, what was cool is the, the two mixtapes that I did, I did them 
almost all like probably 80 90 percent here in japan on the road mm -hmm. you know so we go out to dinner or whatever and i'd be like okay i know it's like one in the morning but there's a song I, I i gotta finish or whatever and then you know how it is like when you're writing music like you can't you have to get it done when the muse is there you gotta you be got, there, you yeah. got it you gotta finish it you know so I don't know how many times I was up until like six in the morning re-recording or recording again or like tweaking and you just can't stop until you feel like it's ready. Then you wake up the next day and you know, I was having a couple of highballs while I was doing it, you know? So wake up the next day, you listen back, you're like, what the hell did I just make? Explain what the highball is. It's like a, it's in the can here. Right. It's a little can. So yeah, it's uh, it's soda water and whiskey and it's about 7%. And they so, sell them at like convenience stores. Yeah, come in a little yeah. can and they're ready to go. You just pop the <laughs> pop the top and you're you're a drink. Have you ever had any of the uh, the uh, hamburgers that come in the vending machine? Gutenberg? No. Oh. I won't touch that stuff, no, man. They got some weird ass shit here. No. Even they, when, you can buy anything from a vending machine. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. The one that I uh that even in uh, Fukuoka, I said, Can I have a coffee? They bring me a little they would say hot or cold. Like yeah, yeah. of course it's hot. Coffee yeah. needs to be hot down here. <laughs> and they bring me a, a a can of coffee. Yeah. It's hot. I'm like, okay, just like you're opening right. Drink the coffee yeah. out of the can. Yeah. Know? Dude, Gato loves us. He's always drinking those. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. They're they're good. I mean, uh I mean, what, what's cool is like the, the Japanese fans here, they, they like to give you stuff like that, you know, like you're on the road, they know that you're on the move. So energy drinks, uh, you know, coffee, yeah, yeah, little, sure. you know, pop the top, you're ready to rock. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, and th that's actually nice, you know, like what's cool. Like, I don't know. Do they, do they do that so much? Like, I feel like they don't do that as much in the States. Like fans give you presents. No, and not like the that. same. No, right. You might get something here if you do a signing or something like that. Okay. Or, okay. Uh, but you know, it's so common here. We have little yeah. dolls of yourself mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. You know, right. they, they're very creative. Personalized handwritten notes. Mm -hmm. Like personalized handwritten right. notes. Well, with all these beautiful, like cartoon artwork yeah, and stuff. They yeah. spent time drawing it yeah. and everything. Like, it's so cool. Like really the fans here are, uh, you just they're just super special and what are some of the strange things that you've noticed being in japan oh god <laughs> the, the, the to me the thing i noticed the most is that it's a they're very like honorable and, yeah. and and kind of timid but also kind of really perverted sometimes yeah yeah you know, just be on the train and they like to awkwardly touch you people you know like yeah. that don't know you at all you know they see like you know you've got a, you know some muscles there and they they're quick to not even <laughs> ask but to just start grabbing right you, you know and chest, you know, or like not just like arms and tricep. I mean, they're going yeah. like straight, like right above an inch above the nipple, you know? It's like you see go on the train or on the subway and you see a bunch of businessmen uh, reading the comic books of like yeah. a giant penis, right. like attacking girls <laughs> yeah. and like, you know, killing the them sports, with his... The sports section or, you know, the sports uh, newspaper where they open it up in the middle. There's always like a, a completely, you know, naked woman and they're just reading it on the, on yeah, the train. Like, like porno cartoons, yeah. like, you know, sex positions mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But it's not, but nobody bats an eye, you know, yeah, it's, it's just, just, that's that's just it life, is, yeah. you know? I know that's funny too, is just like the over-exaggerated popping at strange things. Uh, like today <laughs> I, I have my, one of my lighted jackets and I'm yeah. doing a video shoot and I didn't want to put it on the camera because yeah. he's going to see it live. But I said, this has a surprise. Mm -hmm. Oh, surprise. Yeah. So here it is. I hit the button and it's all, I guess, Oh, <laughs> 
like just this wonderment like oh makes you feel good doesn't it yeah. <laughs> wow look at this i just got a text from gallows right now our, uh, our group text is called sour sissies uh yeah <laughs> so there you go we'll have to take a picture and send it to him later <laughs> but you mentioned earlier that you were um offered a chance to uh be a trainer yeah at nxc do you, are you known for being a trainer do you have a school or do you train uh, people you know I, I never had a school but uh when i was at the la dojo because i was one of the like the first group uh, of guys to, to go through there. Uh, so anybody after the first group, basically, you know how it is with wrestling training. You, you're in the first class, then you, you know, you get a job as <laughs> yeah, that's either right. taking the bumps or, you know, or, or teaching right. people how to do yeah. stuff, you know? So that basically like when Anderson came in and Balor came in and, 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 you know, uh, Mikey Nichols and so, so guys, you know, so on and so forth. Then I became the guy to, when I was off, from from working here i would help out and i would i would be the trainer you know i'd be the stand-in or like i would assist whoever if we had somebody you know from japan during that time i would be assisting them you know right teaching so uh so yeah like <laughs> i was telling the story the other day that uh that chad came in anderson and uh you know he came from cincinnati he thought he was just the shit you know you know he is <laughs> so he comes in and and he, you know nobody had ever criticized him about his wrestling and he snapped, we were doing like something easy, like snap mare out of the corner, stomp the guy like a bunch of times, like four or five times. We're working on stomps. So he snap mares the guy, starts stomping him, stomping. Him. I go, stop, stop, stop. The broom gets quiet. And he goes, and he's looking at me. And I was like, dude, those suck. <laughs> and they were the worst stomps ever. They were actually were so bad, you know? And, uh, and then, and then uh, that was, this was during the time I think he hated me, but then, but he, but then he, that was the first time he ever got criticized in mm. wrestling. And I said, I said, you know, dude, you're, you know, he look out of all of us, you're a lot bigger than all of us. So I was like, you should be like stomping the hell out of us, you know, bring your leg up, man. You know, mm. like, and so teaching that because that's Japanese style 101 sure. stomping, you know, the biggest move you throw in your first three years, four years is a drop kick, you know? So, right. you know, don't even hit the ropes. All that much barely. Anymore. Yeah. Barely yeah. hit the ropes, you know? So just going over basics like that. And then he, he, he talks about it now he's like dude now you know i'm great at this you know like i'm, I'm really yeah, good yeah, at yeah. it and and i just needed somebody to tell me you know because mm -hmm. I, I in cincinnati he was like the best guy there top dog, he's yeah. a top dog you know so, so so was it uh uh well first of all how did they contact you to be a trainer who who in the system knew that you'd be good well uh I had a friend who used to work here in in Giant Bernard or also oh, yeah, known as Yeah, gotcha right yeah. there. Big Matt, right? Big Matt, yeah, Big yeah, Matt. Giant Bernard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you talking about uh, 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 A Train. A Train. What was, his, what was he? Was he like uh, was Yokozuna his, name? Yeah. Uh, I, can't He's, I don't remember the hell. Tensai. Tensai. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt Bloom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Matt Bloom. Uh, had uh, reached out to me and, and it, it, like it was just as a guest trainer for a week mm -hmm. and so i didn't i didn't really tell anybody here you know I did just, you do it I, yeah and i was oh, like oh, cool. i thought it would be dude i want to you know like we, you know i'm the guy who wants to be challenged as much as it as no, that's can, great you know? so i was that's like great i was like yeah you know i'm not i'm not gonna tell anybody over here but i'm just i'm just gonna go do it you know and I, at that time i wasn't under a contract mm -hmm. so i was like okay cool so I'm, I'm just gonna go and do it and i didn't have any responsibility here how was that what did you think of the whole performance center i thought it was yeah, it's crazy really cool. Then, yeah. it's cool i mean it's way different from anything that i i ever wrestled in you know mm -hmm. before even in the la dojo i mean it was nice but it's nothing like that place mm -hmm. you know state-of-the-art type type facility but uh I thought it was cool you know I, I there's so much uh like the, there's seven eight trainers there they've got they come from all kinds of different backgrounds it's really interesting like 
not to knock the system, I'm not knocking the system, but I still think that people just need to go out there and experience it and live it kind of like, you know, like. It's hard when you have like 70 or 80 guys in the building and you're waiting your turn to take yeah, two you bumps. Can't, right, right. And you you can't really, uh, you know, spend the, the attention that you need to on, on everybody. Right. But but I still think it's 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 a top class facility. And, you know, they have Terry Taylor there. They've got, you know, Brookside, Smiley, Matt. Smiley. These guys are awesome, you know, and like. These are the guys who who traveled the roads, man, you know, and and really worked and honed their craft for so many years. And you have to respect that they have a lot uh, to, to teach, you know. Right. And uh, and so so I figured like I, I feel like I'm that kind of guy that I could actually fit very well into that kind of system because mm-hmm. I did have to cut my teeth. All been around. around. I've yeah. been around. I've been through everything minus WWE, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, but I've literally worked for every single company, like major company on this planet besides besides uh new york so, so yeah working for vince, <laughs> for what, vince, uh, vince what made, was it a hard decision to kind of turn down the opportunity to go work there you know yes i mean yes and no i mean obviously I, there, there's always like that part of you that thinks you know what is the other side like you know the grass it, would the grass be greener on the other side but i just really feel that I, i'm needed here you know i i really do feel like i'm needed here and i I think that I could help the, the next gen, the next two or three generations here, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, I could go and be another cog in the wheel over there, or it could be on the ground floor or something huge over here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that was kind of the the thing that that was important to me. It's a smart move because when we're talking about the expansion and kind of all the all the stuff that's going on, and even with Gato was telling me the, the reason why he brings in so many foreigners is because they're trying to break into the U.S. market. Right. So with the more English-speaking people, you're really needed here. Right. And also the fact that you're trusted by the Japanese guys. So it's a great position to be in when you yeah. really think about it. No, no, I feel fortunate that uh, that they've trusted me. Uh, you know, so far so good. And uh, you know, I just want to continue to, to, you know, do good work and you know. And expand. I want to be a part of this expansion. You know, I, I think that we, you know, we haven't even hit the top yet. Mm-hmm. We don't know where that, you know, where we're going to land mm-hmm. at the end of this. And uh, who knows, you know, maybe, maybe in the expansion, maybe I could hold a, a title in the U.S., you know, as some kind of executive or something in sure. the future or something, you know. So, like, why? Uh, and, and plus, this is my home, dude. I've been here for so long. It took me so long to get back here. Uh, and, and I love this place. I love you know, I've been working with these guys for, for years, you know, Gato, you know, is a friend, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Hattori is a, a friend, you know, like I look up to them, you know, they, they've taught me a lot over the, the last couple of years, but they're family, you know mm-hmm. how it is. You sure, know, we talked about that earlier, you know, so it, it'd be hard to walk away from, uh, from your family. Can you speak Japanese? Mm, that's nah, not really. I, I say no. I said no. Yeah. It's really interesting to me how good Kenny speaks it. He's he's yeah he's fantastic. I said it. this is not just you know sitting around in, in in the back room. He's must have taken some lessons or something. Lessons, I think that uh, yeah, some friends maybe friends yeah. that that he actually. I think it was different for him, uh, you know, because everybody here in New Japan, everybody has some English. Yeah, everybody yeah, 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 has yeah. some English, but I think that in DDT when he you know he was coming up not everybody had english so he was kind of forced to have to speak japanese and learn japanese mm. so i think it was just different for him you know um there's another guy on the roster uh Fale, that speaks perfect japanese as well and new zealand he, yeah he's from new zealand he uh he played professional rugby here but he also went to university here so he a part of that is you have to learn japanese oh, okay. you know but somebody was telling me the other day that 
they think that Kenny actually even speaks maybe better than Fale, mm. which is interesting. It's really good. Yeah. yeah really. I always tried to learn it, but I could never, because um, there's so many different like accents and dialects right. where if you learn in Tokyo and go to Osaka, it's different. Right. And it's different in Fukuoka. And when you're trying to learn a different language, the worst thing that can happen is you try and say it. People look at you. It kills right, your confidence. Right. Dude, my accent is good. Yeah. That's the, that's the one thing that I have down. And I think it's because Japanese, for some reason, is very similar to Spanish. Mm, you really? know? Yeah. You, you use a, a lot of, I don't know, you use a lot of the same kind of accents and, and things. Mm. So it's similar. There's some words that are even uh, like ajo. Aho is, is stupid in, in Japanese and Osaka uh, kind of language, but Aho is garlic in in Spanish, you know? <laughs> right. Baca, same thing. It's, a, it's stupid. They yeah. say stupid, you know, but uh, in, in Spanish, it's a uh, cow. You know? ah. So, like, so it, they, there's some some words that, you know, there's, there's a bunch same of, Same like, pronunciation. Same pronunciation yeah, and yeah, stuff. Same but, linguistics. Yeah, linguistics, but... Uh, but obviously mean two completely different things. So, so I think that Spanish has kind of helped a little mm -hmm. bit, but I think that if I, if I spoke Spanish fluently, like as my first language, then I would, it, then it's a bit different. I think it's, there's some mixture between knowing English right. as my first sure, language, sure, sure, and sure. then learning a bit of Spanish and then, you know, listening to the accents. For some reason I have like a good ear for, for that mm -hmm. kind of thing. I don't know why. Talking about expanding into the States, and, and you mentioned that the last time WWE was in Japan, you guys were in uh, Long Beach. How instrumental and involved are you uh, actually being an LA guy and also kind of being the American liaison? Are you kind of doing a lot of that field work, or did you? Yeah, I think that uh, that was that was another part of like the reason that I think they chose me as well to help is because I was from LA. They knew they were going to be in LA. They, they, they were going after Los Angeles. That was going to be their first... Uh, place to make an imprint. So I think because of that, yeah, I was, they chose me for this kind of whole position and I helped out a lot. Yeah, I, I kind of served as they would basically, you know, like a consultant kind of thing. They would ask me questions, what I thought about this and that, you know, and then kind of from there, like I just, just kind of everything, you know, it was the first time. So nobody really knew what to expect, sure. you know, so they, but also they, for them too. Like I know the building that they did just from what Don told me and mm -hmm. it was kind of more of a field house type of thing. Right. Right. Um, it's like, I said, dude, you guys should do it. I told Gato, go to the forum, right? Go to the sports arena, man. You know, you guys put six, 7,000 people in there. That's more than WWE puts in there. Right. Right. But I maybe don't want to build, don't want to take too much too soon or something. Or and I, and I think that, yeah, I think that they're, they're pretty smart in the, in the way I, I know you're not the only one person who said that, you know, but I, I feel like making sure that they're taking the necessary steps step by step. It's not like, hey, boom, here we are and we've arrived, you know, because in a year that might fade. You know what I'm saying? So they want to like just build slowly, you know, and, and strong, you know, take right. strong steps instead of just taking that giant leap and saying, oh, hey, we're going to do a 10,000 seat building. We could do probably a 10,000 seat building. We probably do. OK, but like we want we want people it's kind of cool to turn people away i think mm. at this point you know creates and demand create that buzz, demand that people, mystery yeah like will they come back will they mm. not come back nobody knows mm -hmm. you know what's kind of the game plan for for doing shows in the states just do you want to do three a year do you want to do tours right i think that and, and i can say this because our, our our owner said this uh kidani he he said that eventually he wants to do somewhere between like 10 10 and 20 shows a year all throughout the state. So I would think that that would be like a touring schedule where we'd go in for and do five, six cities. cities. Yeah. yeah, we do like five cities each time, you know, LA, Chicago, New York, probably all the major ones, you know, to start 
but uh, I, I think that we would do very well. It's interesting to me, um, just knowing how the company is and how the boss is. You guys, the more shows you do in the States, the less WWE is going to be happy about it. Right. Until they're going to do something to kind of strike back, because that's right. just kind of how they are. Well, I mean, we saw a little bit of it in Long Beach because they did end up running. Uh, they sent, no, they sent NXT I would say like a month before us or, oh. couple, you know, kind of randomly it wasn't on the docket. And then all of a sudden it kind of popped like a Detroit, up. Chicago, LA. Yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, so, but, um, and I think that's just to kind of test some things. I mean, you, nobody knows, right. You know, like, sure. and like, and, and the thing though, of course, I think they want us to do well in, in, in a certain, mm -hmm. well, Hey, I'm here too, of course with right? the blessing of, of the company. Right. I didn't need the permission, but it was like, check Mark, do it. Sounds great. Why, why wouldn't they, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, but it, it creates a demand in business and, yep. and, and an excitement in business that we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, dude, you were right in the thick of the whole yeah. thing back in the day, you know? So it's like, uh, I'd be curious to see what, what happens in five years mm -hmm. and, you know, like just you know slowly baby steps see what happens in five years you know and why not you know i mean like already some talent left you know mm -hmm. a, a two years ago or whatever it is yeah, yeah yeah what happens in five years you know yeah who's to say they won't open up the, you know the, the wallet to bring okada over right. they could stick him in nxt for five years they don't care they right. could pay him a million dollars a year just to take him away from right. here and the, yeah that's the crazy it's a different thing world yeah know? it's a it's a different world and the crazy thing is that you know they have uh the means sure to do you it got to, you know bottomless pockets exactly, exactly. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your about your wrestling career as we yep. wind down here now in japan and being here for for so many years i saw the other night you did the six man with um uh with the young bucks and kenny and do you find now that you're taking on more office responsibilities do you have the same position on the show uh wrestling wise bigger smaller are you used as a um, as a utility guy when they need somebody? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, just until, uh, well, it's kind of crazy because July was the Long Beach show, right? July, 2017. So I took on more responsibility in the office and it just to happen coincide with me and Trent, we were a tag team and we, you know, I've always kind of been in the junior tag division. That's kind of always been my thing. I've had like three or four partners. Finally, you know, Trent was, uh, was the last one. And uh, I've been pushing for Trent to go to to move up to the heavyweights so so along with the storyline that was our last match you know Trent says goodbye and now uh you know I, I've got a new role as kind of a manager now yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you guys were Rapungi Vice yeah now we're Rapungi 3k you <laughs> know and uh you know I've got I've got Sho and Yo and they're they're uh they're two young guys a couple good looking guys couple good looking guys you know but i mean what's cool is though like I, I got to come up with everything you know like i came up with the look the colors uh the music i did the did music. you pick those two guys to go together uh no those are suggested though because they've always kind of been a tag team okay. so they've always had a, a certain chemistry uh and then you know when they brought them back they didn't know what they were gonna do but since we're Vice was breaking up it kind of made sense they they needed a tag team to fill mm -hmm. that you know so uh and to be honest i didn't really want i don't want anything to do with uh the tag team division anymore just i like i've won the belt like eight times like i just don't feel like there's mm -hmm. anything more for me to do there but i i you know I, of course i'd always be interested in doing something singles 
But I don't know if the office really sees that. So I was wondering, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of weird to be like, oh yeah, you know, every booker or every person who's been in charge has always tried to put themselves over. But like, I can't do that because we have the most unselfish booker in the world. (laughs) You know, like he's the like he's the only booker who who loses every jobber all the time. I said you're the only you're you're the only booker that doesn't ever put yourself over. Right. What's wrong with you? Right. So I I feel like oh man, I can't be I like I can't be that guy. (laughs) You know, like I can't work in the office and then has to get put over and, and yeah, yeah. win titles and, and you know so Romero's up there just putting himself guy yeah, man <laughs> <laughs> so uh so I mean but just uh, I mean and we're talking about challenges again like but I, I just want the challenge you know the challenge of going for the belt and you know like that's more interesting than actually winning the belt have for you me. ever had the, the belt or had I, the black tiger sport? when i was black tiger but never as rocky romero you know so it would it would be interesting and i think it could be a cool angle because the fans don't know me as that kind of singles wrestler so and they and i am a guy who if i'm on the card i'm probably going to lose you know so <laughs> especially at this point but uh but you know i like uh just that good underdog story you know and and that's what you know sets a fire under me like mm-hmm. like getting the people behind me as an underdog you know and then hey if i lose i lose no problem yeah, you know? well, yeah i don't care about that no no not at all but i think it's more exciting to lose sometimes mm-hmm. you know and to build that you know uh, one of the greatest angles that we ever had was gato's idea uh and it was me and trent and uh basically i went on this losing streak and and trent was like dude what the hell's you know your problem man you know like you just keep losing and every time he w- if he was in there he would win if i was in there i'd lose mm-hmm. so like we built this you know this this angle up we're finally like you know we were in this tournament and then finally somehow i get the you know i roll the guy up then i get a little more confidence and then you know we beat the guy together you know and then finally it's like i win you know the whole thing and then it's like we're hugging it out and like everybody thought we were going to break up it seemed like these two guys were going to break up and it got us like way more over than we had right, ever sure, been. Sure. Because it's more of a story then. It's, it's a story, yeah. you know? And, and so uh, it, w- it was really eye-opening. And it's like, you don't have to always be the guy that wins, 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 mm-hmm. wins, wins to, to get the people behind you, to get the people interested. It's just, ne- you just need a good story. Sure. Yeah. Where do you see yourself like in the next 10 years? Are you, do you, are you going like, uh, do you want to really get involved even more with New Japan? Or is there a chance you, you already turned down one opportunity with WWE. Right. Some people's goal is to end up in WWE. Some mm-hmm. people really don't care. Right. What's your like thoughts and where where you want to be and what you want to be what you want to do? I mean, dude, I'm gonna be straight up. Like, uh, you know, I grew up in LA idolizing WWF. You know, we didn't have WCW. We didn't have the NWA. Yeah, in Canada, in Canada dude, it was the same. Dude, when I used to see a, a pro wrestling illustrator and I used to see Ric Flair on that or Sting, I'd be like, what? Who the fuck are those we guys? Yeah, I'd be so I knew confused. of them only because of the magazine. Right. And it'd be so confused yeah. and they'd be bleeding and shit. And yeah. I was like, where the hell are these guys wrestling? Where, where is this? Guys? Yeah. So confused. But um, so but then when I, uh, in, in my teenage years, you know, then we had WCW Nitro, you know. Yeah. Guys like Monday you, Wars, yeah, yeah, Monday Night Wars, you know, and then that kind of opened up like New Japan and Japanese wrestling, you know, it was like, well, where did this guy, Chris Jericho or Eddie Guerrero come from? You yeah, know, these guys, the teeth, yeah, yeah, well, like, like, where did they come from? And all of a sudden, you know, they're here and, you know, and, but they were, it was cool about WCW is they would talk about like these guys. Yeah, sure. Their, you well, know, they're they cutting their the teeth. With New Japan yeah, too, and so. they're cutting their teeth in Japan. I was like, yeah. So I get, you know, I, then I started to find out about Liger and all this. And then, you know, I see Mysterio and, and you know, I see these J-Cup tournaments, bro. Mm-hmm. J-Cup tournaments blew my fucking mind, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, 
so then once I saw those things and I, I really studied, you know, the guys that I look up to, you know, I was like, dude, I gotta, I want to go there. I want to wrestle there. That's where, that's where I want to make my mark. I want to be like these guys who, 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 you know, they inspired, you guys inspired me, you know, that generation inspired me. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And then that just kind of became the focus. It wasn't even about like the ending, like a WWF or a WWE. It was like, or, you know, or WCW It was like, I was the guy who was like, you know, first time I saw ECW, I was like, dude, I want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, there's something about be, like being that underdog company and being mm-hmm. a, a part of that, like that cool rock concert, you know, type feeling that just like that you just feel like rock star. And I like, I like being it right in the thick of that. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It just seems cool. Like, I don't know if, I mean, I think I would do fine in like a, you know, a corporate world or whatever. I think, I think I'd be good. I think I handle myself well, but, um, there's a certain part of me that I think is yeah, doesn't want that, yeah, you know, course, you yeah. know? And, uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I like where I'm at in, in my life. I'm really happy because new Japan is not, uh, so strict on certain things. I can go and, and do acting, you know, I can go and, and, you know, pursue that when I'm off. Uh, as long as I show up for work when they ask me, if, you know, have you had any it. good parts acting wise? Uh, have, have you been in anything? The yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like yeah. the, the only problem is, is last year I got so busy because of all the other responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. But like the year before, yeah, like I booked a, a spot on a CBS show like Scorpion and did guest star spot, you know, and there was no wrestling people on yeah, there who yeah. knew me. This was like You're auditioning me, guy. Yeah, auditioning, you know, doing the doing the thing. And it's and it's fun and like I said, it's challenging mm-hmm. going into an audition room and oh, you know I'm but, so bad at auditions. I hate oh, them. I know they're terrible. But, but they're so they're so interesting and like the what goes through your head mm-hmm. and what you know and like you're going against all these other guys and they all look like you but that that's you where know, the whole concept so... of but i'm chris jericho mm-hmm. stemmed from that okay. i left wrestling to go study acting and like right. it's what you just said is exactly what i said mm-hmm. you'd go into a, a, a an audition with 10 guys that look just like me right. for one line like yep. hey man what are you doing okay thank you yeah. and i'd be like that's it <laughs> right but right. i'm chris jericho like <laughs> i have a fan yeah. base i have value right and right. that's where that whole came from because oh, it's awesome. not easy auditioning no yeah but i love it there's something about it that i love yeah. like i don't know there's just like i love i love looking in that in in the uh the auditioner's face you know and then like trying to read them they're trying to read you it's right. such like a it's a chess game it kind of feels like in a way but obviously it's all in their hands <laughs> they <laughs> you know? know what they want they know what they the want moment Right. You walk in the door right. if you're gonna get it or not. Right, right. Just a lot of look and kind of attitude right. and vibe, right. right? But right. But I did, I did that. I did a national commercial a couple of years back. That was that was really great. And uh, you know, it's like, but it, it's such a high, man, going and chasing that though too. When you, you get know? those gigs, it's fun, yeah. yeah. When you, it's like having a great match or having a shitty match. It's the right. highest, the high, right. and the lowest, the lows. Right. But I like so I like writing. I like creating my own, you know, material. Like mm-hmm. I'll do like writing. I'll throw like you know, uh, the, a monologue together that, you know, and it's just, it's wrestling, you know, it, it, a lot of it stems, you know, straight from wrestling. It's the same th- yeah. Playing character. Uh, I went out for the, the Mayans MC show recently, not too long ago. That was like something that I thought I was going to actually, what show was it? The Mayans MC. So they have a uh, sons of anarchy. Yeah. They're doing like a spinoff show. Oh, Mayans MC. It's called what, you know, yeah, Kurt Sutter. The, Mayan, the, the one Latino yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. So they just got. I guess they 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 got greenlit. So I mean, that's still a goal. Did you I'm think you're gonna? You said you thought you'd get yeah, it. Yeah, I thought I was gonna. Dude, I did a, a an audition with Juice helping me in a in a hotel room over here, and they were like, "Can you come in tomorrow?" And I was like, "Nope, I'm on tour for two more weeks." <laughs> and they were <laughs> like, "Well, we guess that's See it." Later, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I mean, just like I, I would love to, and I think what's cool about New Japan and where it's at too is like 
if an opportunity like that came along, I could talk to Gator sure. and Hattori and be like, this is a really big show. This is a great opportunity for me to walk away, you know, and then, you know, like we're talking about, like what you do, like you have done, you know, mm -hmm. you've taken your time and walked away for a little bit and then come back and then it's even cooler again, you know, so. What's the thing I always liked about the Japanese style of running things is it's never, you know, uh, four weeks out of the year, four days a week right. and you go through your series, you know, your tour, right. you got, here's you got three weeks here, then you get three weeks off. Mm -hmm. WWE will never do that, obviously, because of the weekly TV format. But gosh, it'd be so much better if they did. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? You know, so much. It's better so if they nice did. to get yeah. that break for mm -hmm. two or three weeks, yeah, and go home and just stretch your legs. Not even think about like, uh, I mean, obviously we do. We do. Some of us take we take uh, indie bookings and stuff, you know, because now we know yeah, we're so make, popular. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But um, do you do a lot of indie bookings in the states? I try not to. Mm -hmm. I try not to. I, like. <laughs> I'll just put some ridiculous price out there. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -oh. Crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? No, no, no. But uh, no, no. I, I have fun though. I mean, they are fun though, and and that's kind of like uh, because like now I'm in a managerial role a bit more, and I'm just kind of wrestling in you know random six mans and eight mans that. Uh, you know, I do get to do my stuff there though too, which mm -hmm. is good because I'll do a singles match more, most likely, you know, and that's fun. Yeah. You know, so you'll go out there and people know you. I love when you know mm -hmm. it's cool. It's cool, but um, I would still rather be doing acting and some other stuff and working on the music and collaborating with people and doing writing and creating my own material mm -hmm. and that's that's what i really so, want to do uh, yeah. last question what's your favorite match you ever had is the one that stands out more than the others or you, memorable ones you know what i i think right now um just because it's kind of fresh or you know it's recent was the, uh, uh Rapungi vice versus the young bucks in long beach because that was our last match it was so it was a really super emotional moment at, like we just we tore the house down that was like probably the best match that we've ever had with the young bucks and we've had some really good ones but um just i think the ending of it all me and trent like going our separate ways and you know and literally on the verge of tears <laughs> yeah it's real because right, it was man. real man yeah it was yeah. it was 100 real i think that's the one that really sticks mm -hmm. sticks out for me the most yeah well, cool, man. Well, thanks for all your help in uh, getting my visa and getting me here. <laughs> and uh, dude, I was worried, bro. Oh, dude, like, I've been to Japan fifty-two times. I've never had to get my own visa. You probably think, dude, when just you called, when you called me and said, "Dude, my visa. visa hasn't showed up," I was like, "Oh no." He was right. <laughs> I know, but I, and I think it actually had at that point, but right. I hadn't. It was under like things at my house seemed to disappear quickly right, with right. the three kids running. You've around. got kids, man. They're yeah, <laughs> but it worked out good. Though. But dude, uh, let's do this. The next time, Los oh, Angeles. Sure. Talking shop tissues yeah. with the original OG crew. All right, uh, it'll be a mess. It'll be a massacre. Let's do it. But it's I'll let, it. let me do an opening for it and like the producer opening. And okay, like that. Like I'd like to make it cool. And like, we're gonna play cool. your diss track. Now. Oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> play just <laughs> your shiz, man. Get the album. Rockandrollmerch.com. <laughs> so what? Your podcast is better than mine. So what? You got witty rhymes. So what? You go more than half an hour. So what, you got your own channel and all the power So what, you got a list You can put me down twice cause I don't give up So what, so what, so what, so what, so what, so what We used to be the hoots, we used to be the group Podcast in 30 minutes and drink a few Now you kick it with Y2J, that's Y2 lame What the hell's that, Ola Boo? We used to be the hoots, we used to be the group Podcast in 30 minutes and drink a few Now you kick it with Y2J, that's Y2 lame What the hell's that, Ola Boo? Yo, look for real though, Chris Let me rejoin, I, I mean, let me join your podcast, yo I, Look, I need this, man I mean, I shouldn't have dissed you and the boys Luke, Carl I mean, I was just kidding, no <laughs> See, it's a, it's a joke <laughs>
yo, yo, please return my phone calls, though. Or the emails. Or those Facebook messages. You know, you know, just hit me up on Twitter, you know, at Azuka Rock, in case you forgot. All right, uh, yeah, all right then. All right, thanks to Rocky Romero. Remember, New Japan's G1 tournament coming to the Cow Palace in San Francisco on July 7th. Still tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. And don't forget Dominion in Osaka, Jericho versus Naito, uh, June 9th from uh, the Osaka Joe Hall. You can't watch it. It's sold out uh, if you live in Japan, but you can watch it if you live around the world at NewJapanWorld.com. Go check it out and see the match that everyone is talking about. And also go check out the cruise that everyone's talking about. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. You can book your cabin at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. And remember, when you come on the cruise, everything is all-inclusive. You get to meet and greet and take pictures with Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, Mick Foley, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Ray Mysterio, Raven, a live podcast with Don Callis and Paul Lazenby from Killing the Town. Keep it 100 will be there. Conan Disco Inferno, Shane Helms. Beyond the Darkness, scaring the crap out of you with some scary tales. How about some great comedy? Brad Williams, Ron Funches, Craig Gass, Sal and Q from the Impractical Jokers. And what about the rock and roll? Fozzie will be there. Corey Taylor of Slipknot and Stone Sour. Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. King, The Dives, The Dave Spivak Project. Shoot the Thrill, the world's best female ACDC cover band. Blizzard of Ozzy. Uh, so much more going on. And don't forget the Ring of Honor, Sea of Honor Tournament. Matches happening in the middle of the ocean. And the winner of the Sea of Honor Tournament gets a Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship title shot in the future. Kenny Omega will be there. The entire Bullet Club, the Young Bucks, Cody, Marty Skrull, Adam Page. Everyone's going to be there. Briscoe Brothers, Christopher Daniels, Jay Lethal, Cheeseburger. And we got Kelly Klein, Brandy Rhodes, uh, Mandy Leon, Brian Cage is going to be there. Brian, uh, Melissa Santos is going to be there. Flip Gordon, Delirious, Kenny King, Silas Young, the Beer City Bruiser, the Dogs. Everyone is going to be part of this cruise. Uh, I don't even know if we can add any more people. I think the ship is going to start to sink if we add any more talent. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com and book your cabin now. Don't you dare miss it. Make history uh, and be a part of something that's very, very special. And it's going to be one of the greatest vacations of your life. And speaking of greatest, coming up Wednesday, one of my greatest friends, Paul Lazenby, the co-host of Killing the Town. He was a bouncer before he was a podcast host, before he was an MMA fighter. He's got great stories from his bouncer days because he's written two books called When We Were Bouncers with great stories from all the famous guys that were bouncers. Myself, Lance Storm, Ken Shamrock. Uh, Paul is telling us all the great stories about famous bouncers here on Wednesday. You're not going to want to miss this. Until then, in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah!